Hey, welcome to the Exalt Youth Podcast, a biblical podcast for the youth from Exalt Youth Ministries of Calvary Chapel, Fredericksburg. We hope that you enjoy this teaching. So if you guys want to turn to 1 Timothy chapter 1, 1 Timothy chapter 1. Let's start in verse 1 and we'll read down to verse 11. 1 Timothy 1, 1 through 11. I hope you guys are taking notes. If you have an iPad, you have a notepad in there. So you should be flipping back and forth between Bible and notepad. If you have a pen, write it down. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 1 says this, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the commandment of God, our Savior, and the Lord Jesus Christ, our hope. To Timothy, a true son in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. Verse 3, As I urged you when I went into Macedonia, remain in Ephesus that you may charge some that they teach no other doctrine, nor give heed to fables or endless genealogies which cause disputes rather than godly edification which is in faith. Now the purpose of the commandment is love from a pure heart, from a good conscience, and from sincere faith, from which some having strayed have turned aside to idle talk, desiring to be teachers of the law and understanding neither what they say nor the things which they affirm. But we know that the law is good if one uses it lawfully, knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous person, but for the lawless and the insubordinate, for the godly and for sinners, for the unholy and profane, for murderers of fathers and murderers of mothers, for manslayers, for fornicators, for sodomites, for kidnappers, for liars, for perjurers. And if there is any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine, according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which was committed to my trust. Let's pray, and then um, we'll get started. So, Lord, uh, we pray that you would speak to us today, this morning, in your word through First Timothy. We thank you for your word, and we pray, Lord, that, um, God, that we would just take some of these, these truths and, and put them into the vault, Lord, of our mind, God, that we may guard our heart with our mind, that we would be able to discern what is re- true and what is false, God, because you have given us your truth. Uh, We pray for your Holy Spirit to speak to us today, God, that we would not leave uh, the same way as we came in, God, but we would leave differently. And so we love you, we thank you, and we ask this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. All right, and so last week we talked about the introduction of 1 Timothy verses 1 and 2, and we saw that Paul was an apostle and he was commanded by God He was called by God, the general, if you would, to go and be an ambassador for him and to share the message. And he was called by God and by our Lord Jesus Christ. And he writes to Timothy, a true son of the faith, one who got saved under his ministry and that he raised up. And we looked last time about how Timothy was such a man of character, somebody that we should desire to, you know, mimic our life after and to pursue to be like Timothy. And he said, grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And so as we jump into verse 3 and we begin to go down to verse 11, we are going to see three purposes in this chapter, or in this section. Three purposes. Uh, First, the the purpose uh, for Timothy being in Ephesus. Then we're going to see the purpose of Jesus' commands in our life. And then finally, we're going to see the purpose of the law and how it's to be used lawfully. So if you want to write down verses 3 to 4 is the purpose for Timothy being in Ephesus. He says in verse 3, As I urged you when I went into Macedonia, remain in Ephesus. And notice this, 
that you may charge some that they teach no other doctrine. The purpose for Timothy being in Ephesus as a pastor was, was one to shepherd and to pastor and to lead the congregation into truth. But here he was charged to also teach and command others not to teach any other doctrine. The word charge here is a, is a word to tra- that's transmitting a command with the full authority of someone in charge. Right? That's like if I said, hey, I need you, uh, 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 Nick, Nick, I need you to go and I need you to go pick up um, uh, my order at uh, Freddy's Donuts, right? And so you go and you say, hey, I'm here for Seth to get something. You have my authority behind you to, in order to go get the donuts that I had already paid for or purchased. And so in this case, what Paul is saying is that, Timothy, I'm charging you with my authority, to go and tell them that what they're teaching is not right. But it wasn't just Paul in charge, right? Because remember, verse 1 of 1 Timothy says that he was in charge because of the commandment of God. So if, he, if, if Jesus Christ was the commander, the general, the chief, the president, right? Then Paul would have been like the vice president and he would have handed that off to Timothy, who was third in command, if you want to, if you want to think of it that way. So he's telling him, he's charging him, and he's urging him that the reason that you're to be there is to stop the false teaching that's going on in the church. And this is why it's important that Paul said that he's an apostle, so that he had some credentials and some authority behind his name. Now, the question may be, what is this transmitted command? Well, again, that they teach no other doctrine. There were bad beliefs and bad practices taking place in Ephesus at this time. And later on in verse 10, if you guys look down to verse 10, um, he calls it sound doctrine. It's also found in Titus 2.1. Paul calls good teaching sound doctrine. Now, the word sound here, this is important, okay? It is the word where we get um, our English word hygiene from. It's the word we get hygiene from, okay? So you guys need hygiene, right? We need more and less, right? We need hygiene. And this is what he's saying, that this is a hygienic teaching. It's sound, or it means healthy. It can mean healthy or hygienic. If something is um, healthy, then it's strong, it's sturdy, it's able to be used to its full potential. If it's cleaned right, if it's taken care of right, if it's hygienic, then it's able to be used in a long run or for a long period of time. And so what he says here is he's saying that what these false teachers are doing is they're bringing unclean and unhealthy teaching into the church. You see, when you and I begin to have a healthy mind and a a high and a clean mind and what we believe about God, then it translates and our faith, guys, is taken care of. I want you to think if somebody had sprained or broken their ankle or somebody got a deep wound or a deep cut in their arm, if there was to, you know, you have to clean, you have to take care of a of a, uh, a cut and you need to, you know, you need to have the right instructions for a broken ankle. But what was happening was that say these guys had a broken foot, the false teachers were saying, you know what, you just keep running on it. It's fine. Just keep, go jump up and down on it and, and, and twist it around. And you know what, it's going to be, got, it, you think it's broken, it's not. 
What would happen to that person's foot? It would hurt. It would probably, you'd probably tear a lot more than just your, you know, your broken ankle. You'd probably, because you have no structure. I mean, it's bad teaching. It's not healthy teaching. Or if you didn't take care of a, a, a wound or they said, hey, just go throw some dirt in there or whatever it may be, you know, some weird, some weird teaching or, or weird instruction about your cut. Guess what? Then it becomes infected. And it begins to infect more than just the area that's cut. It infects the whole body. And in the same way, Paul is saying that false teaching, bad teaching, leads to bad living. If you do not believe what is right, you will not live what is right. Or you may say, well, I believe everything that's right. If you look at your life, the way that you and I live really determines what we believe. We say, oh, I trust Jesus, but when it comes to hard situations, we begin to seek after every other kind of counsel in the world before we go to Jesus. What does that say? You don't trust Jesus, right? Or you say, oh, yeah, I believe God's word. But then when it comes to a situation in your, in your life, you Google the answer rather than asking God, God, what do you say? Right? So, so right beliefs will lead to right living. But you can also see what you believe by looking at how you live. And so what's going on in this place is that these guys, this church is being taught bad instruction that's leading to bad living. And it's very important, guys. Guys, you guys, how many of you guys watch YouTube and you're, you're, you know, you surf YouTube and you love all the videos going on? Okay, you guys are liars. Raise your hand if you watch YouTube. Okay, bunch of liars. Okay, what can happen is that you see the funny video, you're like, that's so funny. And then you go on the next one, that's so really funny. Oh, that's really cool. Next thing you know, you find a channel that's saying things to you that you're like, wow, I never thought of it that way. And now you begin to have an unhealthy or a, 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 a non-hygienic, a non-clean mind that can begin to corrupt the way that you are called to live before the Lord. And so I'm not saying that you can't watch certain things, but what I am saying is that you should equip yourself with what is good, what is healthy, what is hygienic teaching so that you can see what is dirty, what is unsafe teaching in your life. Okay? And so that's, 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 you need to be able to, especially as you guys are getting ready to go out in the world. I mean, you're being indoctrinated now, if you like it or not. You come to church, we teach you the Bible, and you might be over the Bible, so you're going to go listen to something else that's more appealing or exciting or, or you, know, you know, whatever that, that makes you feel better. Then when you go into the world and everything is tested, hey, you're going to get in a, a lot of trouble. You're going to get into a heap of, of trouble. And so you, we have to, we have to know what is right teaching, what is sound teaching, before, before we get confronted with a lot of things in our life. And that's what Timothy was called to do. Now, what were these unhealthy beliefs? Well, notice what he says in verse 4. He says, Not giving heed to fables and endless genealogies which ca cause disputes, rather than godly edification which is in faith. Many of these people um, were, were having these different myths or fables, and most of them were probably Jewish. In, in simple terms, if you want to know a little bit about what these myths are, then uh, I, I, I've written it down for you. But basically, they were the traditions of Judaism. 
There were the traditions of the Pharisees. And so they had all these traditions and thoughts and history that was going on. They, they some even believed that there was another law given. And there's no, there's no proof to it. It's a myth, right? Uh, you guys, have, how many of you guys are studying Greek mythology right now? Any of you guys studying Greek mythology? Learning a little bit about it. You're learning about Zeus and all these different, how these myths came about. No? A little bit? Okay. Yeah, so like I look at the sun, there must be a sun god. I look at a tree, there must be a tree god. I look at a frog, there must be a frog god, right? I mean, and they just come up with these myths to try to explain something natural. And the same thing was happening in the church. There was all these different myths, and, and they, were, they were beginning to, to trust these myths and cling to these myths and the traditions of the law. And you know what? I want to say something. Traditions aren't bad. How many of you guys have traditions? Okay, some of us have traditions, but if a tradition goes against sound teaching, you take the sound teaching over your tradition. You, you throw it away because that's not right. That's not good. It causes, again, maybe bad living. And so these guys are coming in and they're talking about conspiracies, conspiracy theorists. How many of you guys know some conspiracy theorists? Again, YouTube. Oh, Trump's getting reelected and it never happened, right? Or, or uh, it could be uh, something crazy like the world's going to end on, on 2020, ready January 1st, right when it goes, everything's going to blow up. We're still here, 2021, right? Like, I mean, there's just, I mean, the world almost blew up in 2020, but uh, the point is, right, is that there's just so many conspiracies. There's so many different myths and ideas and we can all get caught up in them. You guys know people who got caught up in them, right? You, you know, maybe you, you live with some of them who are caught up in conspiracies and go totally against what God has said. It causes disputes, right? Fighting, right? Look at social media. Everyone's arguing and fighting. Should I wear a mask? Should I not wear a mask? Is COVID real? Is COVID not real? Is there gas? Are we running out of gas and toilet paper? I don't know. All I know is that Chick-fil-A sauce better come back, okay? So there's just so many conspiracies that can cause us to just start to argue and divide. And we've seen that over this year. And Paul says, tell them not to teach those things. That's not what's most important. And when you guys come here, I want you to know that you're not going to hear a conspiracy theory. And you're not going to hear myths or legends. I'm going to teach to you the truth. And even though sometimes you may think it's boring, I, I hope that it's equipping you to be able to think and to live biblically and to have a biblical worldview as you deal with different issues of life. But the second thing they were clinging to were genealogies. Now, they began to look at who their ancestors were. The Jews were big into this. They always would trace their genealogy back and try to see how close they can get to Abraham. All right? They would try to see how far they can get back and if we were of the right lineage. And many Jews at the time believed that because they were Jewish, they were saved. Or because of their ethnicity, they were saved. Well, the Bible teaches that it's only by faith in Jesus that we're saved. Your ethnicity, your genealogies do not make you more, and, uh, more uh, appealing to God. And right now, there's so many different movements that are happening. There's the white supremacy groups that says if you're white, and, and you're, then you, you're a Christian, you're God's people. And then on the other hand, you have the black Hebrew Israelites who say that they're Jews and they're God's chosen people. And then you have Mexicans, and I don't know what, what they say about us, but we're there too, right? And we got the Mayans and all the different cultural things. I mean, the point is, is that there's so many different religions attached to race. And though God loves our ethnicities and he loves who he has called us and created us to be, they have no bearing on our salvation or our relationship with God. 
And he's saying, get them away from talking about their genealogies, your pedigree, where you came from, were you rich or were you poor, where were you a king or were you not? You know, the point is this, do have you trusted Jesus with your life? So he was to come and to fight against these things and command them not to teach these things because they lead to division rather than being built up in our faith. Rather than being built up in the faith. Again, it's, it's sad how much the church has divided in this last year. How much arguing and frustrating and backbiting and, and, and finger pointing and waving at each other. Because of what? Right? Because of a cloth? A piece of cloth? Because of a, right, a, a political stance? I mean, it's, isn't that sad, guys, that, that the church has kind of moved away from what keeps us together to what actually keeps us apart and we have to teach what is true and what is right and and timothy lays that out and so if you guys are going to be in ministry if you guys are one day going to be teaching the bible or, or sharing or discipling people which we all are called to you need to bring them to right teaching and this is why we come to bible study Maybe this is just a, a tradition for you. I'll change your mind about it. Hey, get equipped. Get equipped in the Word of God. Well, secondly, verses 5 to 7, we see the purpose of Jesus' commands. Notice what verse 5 says. He says, now the purpose of the commandment, verse 5, is what? Starts with an L, ends with of. Good job, guys. You guys are so smart love it's love but notice where this love comes from it comes from a pure heart it comes from a good conscience and it comes from sincere faith he says from which some having strayed swerved have turned aside to idle talk desiring to be teachers of the law understanding neither what they say nor the things which they affirm the purpose of all the commands from Jesus is love. And even for Timothy, the command for him to combat false teaching was to be done lovingly, right? Not, you know, not to go in there and start punching all the false teachers, right? But to rebuke them lovingly. But all the commandments that Jesus has, the goal of Jesus' commands is that we would love. Write this down, Matthew 22, verses 34 to 40. Matthew 22, verses 34 to 40 say this. Jesus said to them, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. Verse 39, And the second is like it, that you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Verse 40, On these Two commandments, ready? Hang all the law and prophets. All of the Old Testament commandments. Have you guys ever read through the first five books of the Bible? Okay, and you're like, I have to do what with a goat, right? Like, you're like, what is that about? You know, you're like so confused. Hey, you're not supposed to. Yeah, never mind. I'm just not going to go there. Bestiality is a sin. Okay, so um, the point is this, that all of those commandments Land on loving God and loving others. If you can love God and love others, guess what? You would keep all of the laws that you found in those first five books of the Bible. 
They all have to do with either loving God or loving others. The commandment is of love. All of it is for love. And guess what? It all flows from Jesus' example of how we love. He doesn't say, love them the way you want, you want to love them. He doesn't say, love them in the way that you want to define love. He defines love for us. John 15, 12 to 13. John 15, 12 to 13 tells us how we are called to love. John 15, 12 and 13 says this, This is my commandment that you love one another as, notice, I have loved you. And then he explains how he loved us. Verse 13, greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. That's what love is. Love is not something you do in order to receive something. Love is not something that you do um, because you have to. The love that Jesus, and here the love that Paul talks about is called agape love. It's a love that keeps giving even when it doesn't, is not accepted, even when it's not returned, even when there is nothing uh, uh, of a benefit for the person who's loving. Agape love is a self-sacrificing love. It seeks the benefit of the other party. This is what agape love is. And this is what we were created for, to be in a loving relationship with God and to in turn love those who are created in His image. And yet, because of sin, we know this, that we fail horribly at this, right? We fail, we just, we just drop the ball. And what's interesting, He tells us the three things that help us to love this way, and it's the three things that Jesus does in our hearts. Number one, it has to come out of a pure heart. Your motive for loving somebody has to be for the benefit of them or for the glory of God. And the way that we learn this is that Jesus self-sacrifices himself on that cross for our sins, not for himself. He lovingly lays his life down for us and it gives us a motivation to love other people this way for no other reason, no other motive. The second thing he says is that we have to have a good conscience, that it has to be done morally well. What do you mean morally well? It has to be free from any evil. Again, it has to seek the betterment of the person that you're loving. Again, Jesus demonstrates that. And then it has to come from sincere faith, guys. This agape love, guys, is impossible for us. You cannot love this way. Because at the heart of all of us, we are selfish. Some of us more than others. And you're like, yeah, I know somebody more selfish than me. But we're all selfish. We all seek our good. We don't want to seek. If it, if it causes me to miss my time, my hang time, my alone time, my time on the, on the game, my time in the, in the game, my time here, my time there, and I'm not willing to give that up, that's called selfishness. What if God was telling you to give up your time to go love on somebody else? naturally, we kick back against that. Naturally, we're just like, no, I want my time, <laughs> right? I mean, let's be real. We, that's just who we are. But so, so how do I love this way? It's by faith. I've heard it said that faith is the hand that grabs all of, of, of what God has for us. And without faith, I'm not being able to receive what God has for me. I have to have faith. The Bible says that it's impossible to please God without faith. Why? Because I have to believe 
who he is and that he will reward those who seek him. And what is the reward? Love. What's the reward? The gifts of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, the empowerment that we need to live a godly life. It's by sincere faith. And it's not about the great amount of faith that we have. It's about where we put our faith. We talked about this last time, that every sin is a faith issue. Because we're always, we all have faith, but it's just what you put your faith in. And he says that the way that we are to love and the way that this love is to come out from the commands that are taught over the pulpit is by faith in what Jesus has done. Because what was going on here, notice that he gives three bad things, right? In verse 6, but some having strayed, that means they, they ran off the road, right? Like Jackson Pelt, remember he, he lost his steering wheel and he's just like driving off the road, right? He got off the road and onto another road that was not the right road, right? If you, how many of you guys have ever been in the car with your parents and they took the wrong road? And then you're like, oh Lord, we got to turn around drive about an hour back and get back on that road because we weren't li- looking to our GPS or whatever it might have been. Or dad's always like, I know where I'm going, right? And you're like, no, you don't, right? One time we were going to um, a pastor's conference and we had, I won't say who it was, um, in the car and he was like, oh, these are my stomping grounds. I know how to get there. And so we're driving and we're just driving, we're driving. And then out of nowhere, um, he looks up and he goes, is that the Washington Monument? <laughs> and we're like, yeah, dude, you told us to go this way. He goes, oh, we're lost. And I was like, oh my gosh, right? He, we got on the wrong road. That's what it means to stray, is that you, you take the wrong turn. And this is what he's saying these people have done. And notice, I want you to notice this, right? He says that love comes from sincere faith, but these guys have turned aside to idle talk. That's what they're trusting in. Worthless, meaningless teaching. Whatever it might be, I don't know. Again, these myths and these genealogies, that's where they're placing their faith. So that doesn't produce love. All it does is it produces meaningless jargon. It produces I'm right and you're wrongness. That's what that faith does. The second thing that he says is that they desire, verse 7, to be teachers of the law. Their motive is not to love people, but for people to love them. That's always a false teacher's heart. A false teacher's heart is he wants your money and he wants your loyalty, okay? He wants your money and he wants your loyalty because with both of those things, he can control you. Paul told him that, that one day elders are going to come up and they're going to teach false teaching, desiring to draw men after themselves. He says, you guys desire something other than to honor God and to love others. And again, when you're seeking power, when you're seeking to to do something like that and wanting to have authority over it, there's no love in that. You know what it is? It's I'm loving to get something from you. That's not love. Ladies, would you want a guy to, to pursue you just to get something from you? Is that love? Right? Often that's lust. Often that's I want to get whatever I can out of this relationship. Right? Guys, same thing. You guys, you guys are you guys are different. I don't know. I'm not even going to ask you guys that. You guys need to get saved. You're like, yeah, I wouldn't mind that. Yeah. But the last thing is notice it says that they don't, they, they want to be teachers of the law. They don't even understand what the commandments are for. They don't even know what the purpose of the commandments are. 
So that how can you have a good conscience and do that? How can you do that morally if you don't even know what you're teaching? You see, they had these three things wrong. And out of all this, the, the production of this is selfish pride and arrogance. But if you and I are to listen to sound teaching and we're to hear it for what it is, guess what comes out of us is love. And that was the purpose. That was the point of the commandments of God. So now Paul in verses 8 to 11, as we close, he gives us the purpose of the law. We have the purpose of Timothy being in Ephesus. We have the purpose of Jesus' commands. And now he has to school these guys who want to be teachers of the law about the purpose of the law. Remember, Paul was the Pharisee of Pharisees. When he says, when he, when he looked at his life, he was blameless. He, he was like, man, I almost had the law down perfect, packed, easy. And he's like, you guys don't even know what you're talking about, right? He's like, I'm the expert in the law. You don't even know what you're talking about. So let me, let me spit some game. Let me explain to you how the law is supposed to be used. Look at what verse 8 says. He says, but we know that the law is good. It is good. It's righteous. It's holy. Romans 7 says that the law is good, but we are evil. We're, we're the ones that have the issue. He says, so the law is good if one, notice it, uses it lawfully. What were these guys using the law for? For control, for, pi- for pride's sakes, for pious sakes. Oh, look at me, I'm so holy, right? Keep the law, keep the law, keep the law. Do you know why a law is given? Do you know, think about, okay, um, you guys ever been dry, going to the movie theater and you see all those yellow cones right in front of the movie theater? Do you know why those are there? Because one day some man decided that he wanted to park his car probably inside of the theater, okay? So somebody has to come up with a law that says you can't drive on the parking lot, guys. And you're like, you think that's common sense, but for some people, it's not common sense, right? I mean, there is just some things that you have to have. So every law is not for righteous people. Notice what he says. He says the law is not made for a righteous person. If you were perfect, there would be no need for a law. Why? Because it's a perfect society. So every law that's given is because man knows how sinful we are. Look at all the laws in our, in our United States. All the laws that are given, I don't even know how many there are. But law after law after law after law because, hey, men are broken people. So the law is not given because we're good or because we can be righteous. It's to show us how sinful we are. It's to show us how jacked up we are. It shows us that somebody was dumb enough to drive their car into the movie theater. You see what I'm saying? They, we have all these weird laws because, because people are just like that. And in the same way, God laid out laws, not so that we could keep them, but to show us that we needed him. We needed him to show us. It was like a mirror to show that we had dirt on our face. And you never wipe your face with the mirror. I don't know if some of you guys have ever done that. You guys ever have mustard on your face and you, you start rubbing your face on the mirror and trying to get it off? It just makes everything worse. And now you can't even see yourself in the mirror because you have mustard all over it. You don't use the mirror to wipe your face. You use a towel. You use a cloth. You use something else to wipe away the dirt on your face. So the point of the law is to show us what we're really like. And then it points us that I need to be cleansed. I need to be clean. I need to, I need to get this off my face. And that's where Jesus comes in. That's how to use the law lawfully. 
Now, I love this, and I, and I don't have time to, to, to do one and then this one and one and then this one. But what Paul does, he's so clever. He's so smart. Verses 8 to 11, he lists out, listen, the Ten Commandments to them. He just starts to walk through the Ten Commandments. But instead of saying the positive, right, that you should have no other God before me, right, that you should keep the Sabbath and make it holy, that you should, right, uh, love the Lord. I mean, instead of walking through all of them in the positive light, or like you shall not murder, he says the law was made for murderers. So he's going to show exactly why the Ten Commandments were written. Now, I want you to know this. The first four commandments of the Ten Commandments are vertical. They deal with how you and God relate to each other, right? How you and God relate to each other. The other six, starting with to honor your father and mother, which we talked about already, which I hear that you guys are doing really good at, okay? Oh, some of you guys are looking around. I asked somebody today and I said, hey, come over here. And then they looked really guilty. I said, what'd you do? And then they started telling me. And I, I was just joking with them, but they told me that they, <laughs> they messed up, right? So vertical, first four. The rest of the six is how you deal with one another. So I want you to notice this. Verses, um, look at verse, see, I didn't say any names, so don't get mad at me. All right. Verses nine, uh, the first couple parts. Ready? Notice this. But the law was made for the lawless, for the insubordinate, for the ungodly, for the sinners, and for the unholy and profane. That all deals with how we relate to God. I don't submit to God. I don't want to serve God. I don't care about God, which means I have probably other gods. I, I'm pushing all that way. I'm unholy. I'm a sinner. I do what I want. I, I reject and I go even, I start to do the opposite of what God calls me to do. Those are the first four commandments that are listed right there. And then notice what he goes on to say, ready? The next one. The, remember, the, the uh, fifth commandment is to love uh, or to honor your father and mother. Notice what he says here, ready? And it's for murderers of who? Verse 9, towards the end, profane and for murderers of fathers and murderers of who? Mothers. He states the fifth commandment. Now, I think at that time they probably heard in the news or in that city that probably a kid murdered their parents, right? We've heard that before. And you may say, I could never. But if you have hate, right? What did you say about murder? If you hate somebody in your heart, you're committing murder. So if you ever said, I hate you, you just killed your mom or dad in your heart. Dang. Watch your language. Watch your mouth. Right? I hate you. Right? Put the pillow over your face. You ever seen Grinch? Hate, 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 double hate, triple hate. Loathe entirely, right? That's murder. So, so don't, yeah, people have murdered their parents legit. You know where it starts from? It starts from hate. Murder always begins with hate. So he says, those who murder their father and mother. And then notice the next one is that you shall not murder, right? Well, he already went over it there, but he just says it again. And for manslayers or murderers, people who kill others. Maybe it was an accident. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe I didn't know I was tripping him, right? For, for murderers, right? 
for the manslayers. And then the next thing he says is that you shall not commit adultery. And we know that Jesus said, oh, I never, I'm not even married. How can I commit adultery? He says, if you lust after a woman or a man in your heart, you've committed adultery. So all of us are pretty guilty right now. We're all we're some jacked up people in here. You thought you were like, ah, oh, I'm putting my Sunday's best, come to church, I'm going to be a holy guy. No, we're not. We're sinners, right? So notice what he says. He starts to list a whole list of sexual sins for the fornicator. That's somebody who's having sex outside of marriage. For the sodomite, that's the homosexual, right? He, he goes into the two, these two big, porneia, porn, anything, any sex outside of marriage is all under this word porneia. And sodomite speaks of, uh, of, of uh, two men laying together. He says that's, that is where, that's adultery. That's sin. Then he says, you shall not steal, right? The commandment, the next commandment is you shall not steal. Notice what he says. And for what? Kidnappers. People who rob, who steal, who take people. And, and that's literally people who sell others into slavery. That's called kidnapping. There was two types of slaveries back in, in the Bible times. There was a slavery that you owed a debt and you would enslave yourself to that person to work it off. That's, that's what you call a, a business today, right? You want to you work, you enslave yourself to a, a job and you work as hard as you can and you get paid for it. There was another slavery and that's the one that is most common in America where you take people, you kidnap them, you force them into slavery and you don't treat them with respect or dignity or any kind of care. He calls that kidnapping. That's also called theft, that's stealing. So notice, he says it's kidnapping. You know what the next one is? Take a wild guess. You shall not bear a false witness, right? You shall not lie. Guess what he says? It's for liars and for perjurers. That's nine of the commandments we just walked through. He said, you guys don't know anything about the law. I'm just going through the most basic ten commandments, and you guys are like, you must keep this. And all I'm saying is that we all broke it. That's what Paul is saying to them. The purpose of the law is not to make us righteous, it's to show us that we're unrighteous. It's to point out the mustard on the face after a 4th of July hot dog, right? And then he says, and you may say, well, the fifth one is to covet. And Watch what Paul does. And if there's any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine, we could just say, that's coveting, right? We could just throw coveting in there. Maybe the perjurer was a coveter as well. But he says anything that's outside of sound doctrine, right, Anything outside of that that we do is against God's law. And he says, this is coming down from according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which was committed to my trust. The purpose of the law, guys. And this is a way, you know, if you're like sharing with somebody, you know, one way you could you can talk to them about Jesus. You know, I, I did this in the mall one time in Marietta. I said, hey, guys, these two dudes were walking out. Hey, you, you guys want to take a quick test? Like a test, yeah, yeah, you know, the friend, yeah, we'll take a test, yeah, let's do it, let's do it, we can pass, right? And they're all excited. I'm like, all right, cool. All right, um, the first question is, do you think you are a good person? Do you think you're a good person? They're like, yeah, I think we're a good person. I was like, okay, do you think that you're you're good enough to go to heaven? They said, yeah, yeah, we're good people. We can go to heaven. I was like, okay, here's the test. Ready? Um, have you ever looked at a woman with lust? who has it, right? And they start laughing and joking. I'm like, okay, that's called adultery. Jesus says, if you look at a woman in lust, you, you've committed adultery. So that's one of the commandments. Um, 
Have you ever lied before? Oh, yeah. Who doesn't lie? You're like, yeah, absolutely. I lie all the time. So, yeah, so you've broken that command. That's two commandments. Um, uh, have you ever used God's name in vain? Have you ever used his name as a cuss word? Oh, my. Right? Or whatever we say, you know. Uh, God. Right? Oh, well, yeah, uh, we've done that. I'll say, okay, yeah, well, you've, comm- you've used God's name in vain. Have you, you know, and I walked through and they're like, oh my gosh, they're getting all comfortable. I said, okay, so if, you're, if God was to judge you by his law, are you innocent or are you guilty of breaking his law? And you know what they said? Guilty. I said, heaven or hell? And now we're at a serious, oh my God, oh my God, what's going on, right? And you say, heaven or hell? He said, hell. I said, listen, that's why Jesus came. And then you're able to walk them to the gospel. Jesus can died for all your sins. He took your place, right? So you can use the law lawfully in a way to point out that God is holy and we're not. That's the point, right? Jesus becomes that, that, that towel, that rag that wipes away what we see on our face in the mirror, okay? And so here is the purpose for Timothy. He is to come against them. And, he's, and, and Paul is helping him. He's equipping him. All right, so this is how you do it. You can let them know that they're not using the law lawfully. Let them know that this is what the law was for. Let them know what is sound doctrine, what is true. It's all about love. It's about loving God and loving others. And so you guys need to come to that. And so I need you to stay there, Timothy. I need you to keep preaching. I need you to keep charging. I need you to hold fast to sound teaching. And that's my heart for you guys. I want you to hold on to sound teaching. Because what you believe determines what you do. What you believe determines what you do. And if you don't have a good grip on, on, on right and good and holy teaching, you're not going to know what to do when, when it's confronted against you. You're just going to say, yeah, that sounds good. I'm, I'm going to go with that. Right? Hold on to sound teaching. Hold on to sound doctrine. Don't get caught up in legalism thinking that I have to be, I have to be perfect. To be perfect. We're not. You're not. I just listed a bunch of, sin, a bunch of the commandments and all of us broke them. We've all said, I hate you under my breath. We've all lusted. We've all have lied. We've all used God's name in vain. Maybe some not as, as extensively. But we've all broken. And the Bible says if you broke one, you break it all. So there's no more, oh, I have to do it. Get away from that. The point is to trust Jesus. To cling to him. And to learn and to know what he's done for you. So that you can be able to defend your, your faith. You may be able to hold fast to what is good and what is right. Okay? All right. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. And God, purpose in our heart, Lord. Will we purpose in our heart that we would not sin against you, God? Would, you, would, would our purpose in our life, Lord, be to know you and to make you known? Lord, to help to stand on sound, healthy, hygienic, clean, good doctrine, God, so that we won't be shaken. We won't be moved, God. When we hear something that sounds good or sounds exciting, Lord, that we would we would be able to test it to what we know is right. And so be with all of us today. Help us to hold fast to this, Lord. We love you. We thank you. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Hey, thank you for joining us on Exalt Youth Podcast. If you liked this episode, make sure to hit the follow button and turn on your notifications for the future episodes I will be dropping. Or if you have any suggestions about an episode that you want us to make or any questions about what you heard, you can go to ccfred.org to send us an email. We hope you have a blessed day.